the podcast that was 25 or 6 to 4 by Chicago a little foreshadowing for what's to come I really hate Chicago how can you say that how do you hate Chicago the band not the place (laughs) yes I I get it but I it's like I don't hate them like it's a catchy tune they have a song and I don't know if you've heard me do this rant they have a song called like I forget what it's called, but it's the one was like, "Does anybody really know what time oh, it yeah. is?" So that song pisses me off so badly <laughs> because I don't know if you if anybody has spent the time with the song like I have, and the reason it pisses me off so bad is because it's basically a situation in which this guy. The protagonist of the story is going around his normal day and people keep asking him what time it is. And instead of just saying, oh, I don't have a watch or <laughs> it's 3.05, he's a fucking hippie asshole and keeps going on like, do we really know what time is, man? You can't it's know like, what well, time I'm fucking is. late. Can you just tell me if the time or not? I don't want to hear your Get off your, your high horse. I'm late. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have time to sit here and have a philosophical discussion about time. I got to go to work. That is a really good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, this song bugs the fuck out of me. Yeah, they have about three songs I like. They also sing You're the Inspiration, which I can't stand. Yes, so, agree. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, they're not like a travesty upon music. It's just they're not my favorite, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, that's fair. There is that's a really fair. good interview with one of the guys from Guar. Um, oh yeah well it wasn't an interview it's actually it was just i forget this youtube channel that i watched uh they would just have random bands like pick a cover song and they would have a list and do a season of it and they would cross oh one off. i think i've seen those videos yeah they were they were a lot more popular than they are now i don't really know what happened to it but they had guar come on and they did carry on wayward son by oh, kansas that's awesome but yeah. the lead singers on there like on a soapbox about how like this also illustrates how we should stop naming naming bands after geographical locations <laughs> right <laughs> and i was yeah. kind of like yeah like Boston, Kansas, Chicago, are they really that important? Uh, America, yeah. Oh, yeah, America, <laughs> yeah. So, no, it was, it just really cracked me up. Anyways, back yeah. into the, back into the sweet, sweet sode we got planned. Yeah, dude, welcome back. I can't imagine, is, is being my friend just that constantly, it's like, you just like say something really innocuous, like, um, like, I don't know, I got this new magnet today, and I'm like, don't get me started on magnets. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? why? What the? It is, it is a like, it is, it is a lot like that. I do kind of have to walk on eggshells. <laughs> Earlier, we were talking about John Krasinski, and you were just like, don't fucking mention that name. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. I'm realizing the issue now. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love it. It makes it keeps it interesting. It keeps it interesting because I'm kind of I'm very much the opposite. I'm like I don't really have a, a solid opinion on really a lot of things. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, true. Uh, um, it, all right, what do we do? What do we want to do now? Do you want to do you just drink a beer already? I, I think we should do some what you drink, and we wait way yeah. too long to do what you drink nowadays. We yeah, gotta we gotta get that going in hot. All right, let's do it. This is the most prepared I've ever been for an episode in a while. I had really, I had my fridge ready. I had Reaper open. Uh, I have glasses of various sizes. <laughs> oh man, yeah. you went all out today. I was weirdly prepared today. All right, Mitch. So I think you typically go first. So let's allow you to go first. What, uh, Mitch? Wait, wait. What you drinking? Ooh. All right, I'm drinking a lot of foam. Poured that wrong. Um, so what I have picked out is, it is from Central State Brewing Company, which I think is in Indianapolis. Um, it's called Sports Television. Uh, I don't really Dope. understand, Dope. but I like it. <laughs> uh, I like it. The can has like a football and a uh, like a hockey goal on it. Um, It says, this beverage is a real barn burner, sure to fill the whole stat sheet. It's a lineup stacked with a murderer's row of Citra and Simcoe hops in the kettle with a Cascade Citra and Simcoe cryo dry hop batting cleanup. They have unbelievable chemistry. True professionals all the way. These hops always play the game the right way. So. (sighs) Fucking. (laughs) God, I I hate more and more those fucking things. I am right there with you. <laughs> and I don't know why. It, I, lots of sports puns, but I maybe that's just why. They're typically based around puns, and it's just like... Right, like just. Exactly. Yeah. They're a real one-trick pony, those craft beer companies. Those craft beer companies. Well, give give her a swig, and let's... I was hoping you'd get done drinking it, and you were just like, Oh, fuck sports! <laughs> Sport ball! <laughs> Gotta watch the draft! <laughs> so I'm in a fantasy um, league this year, and uh, it's looking pretty lean. Got a pretty good team. Got a pretty good team. Um, yeah, no, this is pretty good. Um, I have no idea what it has to do with sports. Um, it's a it's a decent IPA. Um, nothing really standing out. Um it tastes like every generic IPA I've ever had. So I'm not totally blown away, but I'm not hating it. It's very meh. Yeah, and I think that I, I think the the reason we end up kind of like talking about beers that way is that if I'm getting like some kind of like craft brew and I'm getting something that isn't like a normal beer, I want it to wow me. Mm-hmm. At least in some sense. I mean, at least make it bad. Like, <laughs> like do something because I think that's what I hate the most and why I, why I've really switched to my style of picking drinks is that every time I pick a fucking beer, it's boring, and I'm like, yeah. well, this is stupid. You got this big label, you got all, you got this two paragraphs of pun on the side of the can, <laughs> right? And it just it, and it doesn't really mean anything. So it's just yeah. you know, and I think that's why like at least with like Rheingeist. They do so many different kind of styles of beer that I'm mm-hmm. drinking beers I've, I've I didn't even know that was a thing they did. 
Right, right. You know, and the the thing like where, where I the, the 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 liquor store I go to anyway to pick these out, like it's so weird because I tell you I always do a pick six, and this is from Central State, which I've literally never heard of in my life. Um, it must be this really small hipster like Indianapolis brewing company, um, because like before this, I was like trying to go on their website to try to find out a little bit more about it. They don't have a website. Oh, so well, and uh, I guess maybe in that case, that's slightly more interesting. Um, it's kind of funny though, because Central State, there's actually a, a historical black college where in my hometown called Central State University. Oh wow! Okay. So I was like weirdly thought they were connected for a minute, but then I not. that would be kind of awesome. Um, so yeah, all right. So what about you? What you uh, what you drinking? Well, once again, I went to the gas station, and I said, "Oh yeah." What is going to get me the drunkest, the cheapest? And I found something. That actually, I have a little bit of hope for. It is from the Mixed Cocktail Company. It is their, like, and they spelled mixed, M-X-D, by the way. Ah, I've I've heard of that. Mixed Cocktail Company, margarita. That's it. It's a margarita in a can. I've had that. I've had that. Oh, snap. Really? Uh Uh-huh. It's got a little chihuahua dog. Yeah, I went. Yep, I went to a party and one of my buddies was drinking it, and he was like, "Dude, you got to try this," and I did, and it was. Well, I'll let you try it first. Well, I have nothing to really. They they have no. Uh, what I like is that the style of the can really did get me. It's just this nice green can, all this nice design on it. Um, nothing really to read on the side, except for uh, mixed is fermented from grains that contain gluten and crafted to remove gluten. The gluten content cannot be verified, and this product may contain gluten. <laughs> All right. Well, mine is full of shitty puns, and yours is full of just it, well, I'm, generic. I, I wouldn't even bet a dollar on whether or not this had gluten. That made no sense. It said it's crafted right. from gluten products, but we don't know if there's gluten in it. There could be. We tried to get it out, but... Mm, yeah, exactly. Who fucking knows, really? It's basically just the lawyers like, we got to cover our asses in case celiacs try to sue us. <laughs> right. Somebody's like... <laughs> They're just like, well, we have touched gluten before, but <laughs> so this is uh, actually a. I mean, it's a. It actually looks like an actual margarita. Um, it is also twelve percent. Yeah, that's that's pretty baller. Wow, that is not bad. Right? Yeah. That's pretty dang it's good. Surprising, surprisingly not bad, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has a little bit of that canned cocktail taste, which is a weird yeah. <laughs> faux liquor. Like, it's like well tequila kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but it actually tastes like a margarita. And that does. That tastes like an actual margarita. Yeah. Um, And it's actually pretty good. I'm <laughs> wow. I'm happy. This was a dollar fifty nine for one can. Yeah, that's fantastic. And for twelve percent, yeah, that's like four loco territory. And four loco is garbage. Yeah, I almost <laughs> bought another four loco, and I'm just like, I can at eleven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, drink a fucking seriously. four loco. That would have been a bad life choice. I know. I think uh, I've done it on the podcast. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have because I've always yeah I, I'm I'm pretty you, sure that I have not. You've never drank anything like the shit I've drank. The only thing was that PBR whiskey. Yeah. That was the weirdest yeah, thing true. you've ever drank. That was yeah that was pretty terrible. Do you? Ugh. I still think my favorite is Sparks. Do you remember Sparks? Oh yeah yeah yeah. It was like a beer soda. 
Yeah, it wasn't like the orange flavored one that was like. Yeah, and the flavor uh-huh. like basically was the color orange. Like it wasn't yeah. saying it tasted like oranges. It was like this is orange flavor. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, that one was whoo. Okay, let's get into. Do you want to do the lightning round? Yeah, yeah. First? Let's do the lightning round. Okay. Lightning round. Question number one. All right, Eli. If band names were literal, which one would you be most afraid to fight? Hmm. There's a lot of band names. Most afraid. That's what I'm. I I'm trying to think because I could just pick like a random dumbass one. You know, like yeah. You know, oh, like fucking hate beak. <laughs> that one is actually already literal. Anyways, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something more interesting than that. I think, I th- I kind of think Black Sabbath. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like if it was literal, literal, that would that would be pretty heavy demonic shit. You know. That would that would be. Yeah. Yeah. And I do find their music to still be kind of scary. Personally. Yeah. Like not all of it. <laughs> not when they do like a song like a like Sweet Leaf like about weed. Um, yeah right <laughs> but the but yeah like i mean even war pigs like is is the imagery there is pretty brutal same with just oh yeah the, definitely yeah so i mean like i don't know that's why i like black sabbath a lot but yeah no i would find i would i would find that terrifying i would not want to fight black sabbath yeah that's a good answer that's a good answer if they were in I fact think... a black sabbath <laughs> I, would, I would find that right. terrifying I asked Erica that and she came up with an answer much better than my own and she blew me out of the water. She said Iron Maiden. Ooh. Which like blew me cuz Iron Maiden is a real thing that's kind of a terrifying thing. That is a thing. So especially yeah. if it was a sentient Iron Maiden and it could like Oh yeah. like trick right, you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um the other the other two I thought of were like Slayer obviously and they might be giants. It's a pretty good one. <laughs> The, the Mighty Giants is a funny one because that would make me think that it's they're just actually just kind of really yeah. tall people. It's like a, yeah, it's like a six five dude, and he's coming over with like boxing gloves on, and you're like, he might be a giant. He might be a I giant. don't know. I don't know what that number is. <laughs> right. No, that's yeah. Those are both pretty uh, funny, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So similarly, what band name would you least be afraid to fight? The Wallflowers. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Because that's Bob um, Dylan's son's shitty ass. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 I'm not God, afraid of them suck. now. I would fight everybody in that band uh, right now. <laughs> um, but especially if they embodied that, yeah, the wallflowers, it would just be people who stand at a wall party, which is also me, but also I'd find them. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think the band that I would most want to fight um, is the uh, the band called Sleep. Uh, I think I could take. I think I them. could take Sleep on. <laughs> They're just yeah, just a dude sleeping, and I just come up and just like whoopa, whoopa. <laughs> um, yeah. I could probably. Erica's answer was Rainbow Kitten Surprise, which again blew my answer away. Damn. Like, that I think uh, I think she beat both of us on that she one. She kicked our asses. Yeah, that is a good answer. Um, well, I was just thinking, I guess I could pick something even more outland, like the Pussycat Dolls. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'd gladly <laughs> fight the Pussycat Dolls. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Question two. <laughs> I, was, I had a lot more, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let it. Oh no! Bring it on! No, no, bring no! It, it was it got it was gonna get weirdly sexual. So I'm gonna. I'm, uh, we're gonna move. Okay. On. Question two. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, what do you think is the most underrated '90s band? Oh. Do you have one since you know the question? Yeah, so I'll go first. Um, the '90s band that I think is most underrated is Live. Um, Live is very much kind of like a one, two hit wonder. They have a few songs that everybody knows, um, and that's kind of like where the bulk of people like begin and end with them. Um, but I think pretty much their entire like throwing copper album is amazing. They they're they're most known for hey, do you know who I'm talking about? Like Yeah, no, why, I why was, was that weird face? I don't know if you saw my face. That was literally the most surprising thing you've ever said to me. Why? Because I love well, because I don't because I love live. I love live. Yeah, yeah. And I don't we apparently <laughs> have never talked about it because um I don't know many people who know the band name off the top of their head, um, mm-hmm. but they know. Right, that's why I think it's a good the answer. They're, yeah, they know the song Lightning Crashes because it's the only song that I can think of that says the word placenta in it. Um, oh, does it? <laughs> and every, oh, it does, yeah. yeah. I think it's about like a, uh, I think it's about a miscarriage. Um, at the, hmm. anyway. Um, so yeah, the uh, but every time that song comes on, everybody like makes fun of like, did he just say placenta? And like that's what the one that every that's the one thing that everybody knows. Like, oh, this song's kind of sad. And then that's all ever you know anybody ever talks about them. But yeah, their throwing copper album is just fantastic yeah. from beginning to end. I could listen to that entire album and you know, not skip a song. So yeah, that's a really good fucking answer, honestly, because I do, I really do. I really do like live. Um, you know, what's even weirder that lead singer put out a Christian album. Did he? Yeah. He's a Christian artist now. Really? Yeah. What's his name? Is it, is it just under his name? I think so. His name's like Ed, something okay. similar to Krasinski. I mean, very Polish, <laughs> okay. Eastern European. Like gotcha. I literally can't pronounce it. Um, okay. Yeah. That ba- well, that the thing I really got into about that band was everybody had a different faith system in the band, but they were all Ooh. religious and spiritual. Yeah. So okay. that reflected in all their music. So they yeah. have all these like really metaphysical songs about God and like nature. Yeah. Like they have a song about dolphins. Okay. Which initially I I laughed off when I was younger, but I started listening to it and I was like, yo, this song about dolphins kind of (laughs) slaps. I kind of like fuck with dolphins now. Yeah. Um, Okay. So that, yeah, they're a really interesting band. Yeah. Uh, So side sidebar. um, Did you know the guy that plays Josh Porter in the office? Jim goes to work for the Stanford branch and his boss, Josh Porter, um, has a uh, in real life. He he is a Christian singer songwriter. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's funny. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So sorry. (laughs) Moving, Moving on. Um. I think that I didn't want to I didn't want to say it because it's dumb I think Mother Love Bone is mine 
I don't think that's dumb. I think that's a good answer. Well, yeah, I don't think it's dumb. I think just coming from me, it's not a surprise. But yeah, no, I just, yeah. I think Mother Love Bone because Mother Love Bone um, is so... I get mad when people talk about grunge as a whole and they don't understand it. And I and the only reason I get kind of frustrated is because it's like I yeah, I get it, like the flannel, the blah blah blah, nirvana, blah blah blah. Like I get it, but like grunge is super heavy music with melodic, really beautiful melodies. Mm-hmm. That's what grunge music is at, at its core to me. It's like Sabbath and the Beatles mixed together mm-hmm. with a little bit of Motown in there. So, and I think Mother Love Bone, what I like about it is because they all like, cause the conversation always comes up, right. About how like, you know, grunge killed hair metal, hair metal, um, all that stuff. And it, and it did in a lot of ways, but like Mother Love Bone was this really weird in between man. Like I, if anybody like saw Andy Wood, like he looks like he's in an 80, 80- 80s glam band like yeah. he was an arena rocker but what's cool is that it was that style of music like mother love bone really wasn't like that typical of grunge music i mean obviously big influence on pearl jam because the people who were in mother love bone went to pearl jam yeah um but that's what's so cool about it i guess is like you can write these really heavy epic things with these like soaring metal melodies and stuff, but it's like it was like eighties music with substance. I, that's what I'm trying to say. It wasn't like mm-hmm. girls, girls, girls. <laughs> we do heroin. I, I'm gonna ask you politely. Please do not bash Molly Crew. Oh, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, don't even get me started. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I I I do like Molly Crew, but I recognize that their music is kind of a a meme. <laughs> um. Well, are you aware of how many people they date raped? <laughs> oh I, I mean, sorry, you're right. Maybe this is it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I really don't like Molly Crew. So, so you know what? We're gonna let it go. I like Doctor Phil good, but that's weird. Because they did a lot of <laughs> fucked up shit to women. And I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't really realize that. Uh, uh, yeah. I didn't realize it was that, to that extent. Let's move on. That's what I liked about Mother Love Bone. <laughs> Sounds good. It, it was it was 80s music with substance. So because okay. I don't I don't like dislike the sound of like the hair metal scene initially. But then there's like, I don't know, like rat up there, like goes around, comes around. Like, it's just it's just bubblegum. There, there's nothing yeah. deeper. And what I right. like is that Mother Love Bone, though, can sound like that. Well, also. Oh, no, um, not this again. Well, also, um, I, don't, I don't know, I guess talking about stuff like they have a song called Crown of Thorns, which is a really, really amazing song. Um, so that I don't know. That's the one. Not People don't really know about Mother Love Bone. Other than maybe they know that like that's people from Mother Love Bone start Pearl Jam, but mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just that's just one that it's like they're a pioneer of grunge, and if you listen to them, you understand that grunge isn't just like flannel and like you know bangs and like it, it's it's not just Kurt Cobain. Yeah, right, right. I think is what I'm getting Makes at. Sense. So that yeah. that's one for me. 
Okay. Yeah, good answer. I like it. Sorry the Motley Crue thing got a little real. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fine. That's fine. I guess I should do my my a little bit more homework before I commit to liking a band and stating it in a public forum because I didn't really know uh, any of that. So (laughs) yeah, I I don't know, man. We've talked about it a lot. I think well, actually, we had an episode about talking about art versus the artist. Yeah. Um. So maybe it goes back to that. There, I will say though that there is one hair metal singer that I really like. Oh God, I don't remember who it is. I think. Do you know like the songs they sing? It, I think it's the guy. Who's the guy from Poison? Uh, isn't it, his name like Bret Hart? No, that's a wrestler. I think that's a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. He, uh, oh, wait. Oh, you wait. Hold on. Uh, uh, Brett Michaels? Is that who you're talking about? I think. I don't. I, I'm going to research this and yeah, come back. Yeah, it's Brett Michaels. Because yeah. he, um, he started doing, there was this really weird time in my life. Um, I didn't have a CD player or anything or like a, or an Oxport because all the cars I drive are old. And, um, he started to have a radio show on TUE on one of the local stations of mine. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it was just a little radio show and he would get on there and talk about his, his fame and, and talk about his addiction and the struggles to overcome and what he does with like his life of learning how to be he had all this like really deep intrinsic insight into uh-huh. life and fame and and why he was an addict and how he overcame it and i don't know i i really like the guy he was super interesting of a guy because he was super humble about the whole thing he was like i just was in a band yeah. and we got famous and i had all this trauma and i didn't know how to cope and i turned to drugs and i ruined my life and here i am yeah like it was this super cool thing um and yeah i don't know i really really like that guy i but i'm i'm worried i'm mixing him up with another guy okay um i don't know well i know like yeah brett michaels isn't taken very seriously nowadays because he had that like rock of love show like on vh1 um, oh i watched every got, like, episode buddy oh okay all right and he got like super fat too so people were making fun of him for that i need to look into it more <laughs> yeah. but yeah i watched um, all of rock of love and all of flavor of love oh flavor of love yeah and i loved it <laughs> you would um speaking of uh yeah glam metal bands uh you, what you said reminded me have you ever listened to like sammy hagar has a radio show that he does every once in a while and i can't fucking stand no it. i don't like sammy hagar man i hate sammy hagar i hate sammy hagar mainly because van halen yeah and he was in a band called chicken foot with vinnie paul from pantera uh, that was bad. That was real yeah. bad. <laughs> that was real, 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 real bad. Yeah. Um, no, I fucking hate Sammy Hagar. Because what else did he Me do? Too. What the fuck else did Sammy Hagar do? Uh, exactly. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, whew, sorry. Yeah. I'm a little bit ranty uh, today, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. Right. I like it. I like it. No, don't don't ever apologize. That's fantastic. Um, okay, cool. So, welcome back, you guys. What is up? 
What is up, you guys? Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We're so good at this. Dude, um, we're, <laughs> we're professional. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, yeah, we're going to get into it. I, I wanted to go ahead and say li- slightly less ranting. I realized I had a little bit of buzz for my margarita drink, Ooh. and I think maybe that's why I wanted to discuss the scruples of Motley Crue, <laughs> which <laughs> I think is why I went so hard in the paint on a few things. No, that's great. That's great. Um, so I will I will self correct slightly. So uh, yeah, let's let's get into why we're gathered today. Okay. And I am interested. Mitch, I am Mitch has super a lot excited. of information. For I'm me. super excited about this. So we did our DB Cooper episode a few weeks ago, um, and those types of episodes are some of my favorites, just because I get to I have an excuse to just like go down this rabbit hole of like researching conspiracy theories um, and kind of presenting them to Eli. Um, and it's one of my favorite things to just like talk about is like the idea of you know could this actually be possible? Is I think the reason I, I like conspiracy theories. Like I mean. I mean, I'm going to preface this by saying, like, what I'm about to present to you today, I'm not a full-on, oh, this is 100% true, I'm not an Alex Jones, like, yeah, the government's trying to pull the wool over our eyes, we're all sheep, I, I'm not They're that way They're turning the freaking frogs gay, <laughs> is, which is my favorite. Have you ever heard the Alex Jones turn into a Tame Impala song? No. That's good. All right, I will Maybe make it. Maybe it was Bon Iver, I don't remember. I will make a note to check that out. That sounds fantastic. Um, okay, so there, if you if you haven't heard of what we're going to talk about today, is there are these things called number stations. Um, and if you're not hip to them, basically kind of a, a quick little one-minute summation <laughs> of what number stations are. Um, so in the around the time of the Cold War, uh, people started using uh, these shortwave radio stations to transmit signals and messages to one another. Um, and the, the, the reason they used shortwave radio is... Is, uh, for anybody that doesn't know what this is, because uh, I didn't, I had to kind of look it up. But basically, shortwave radio is kind of like a ham radio, uh, except it needs a license to operate. Like I've talked to people, a couple people that are like ham radio nerds that are just get, get really weird about it, and I don't understand it. But um, shortwave is kind of similar, but um, it requires a license to operate. But anybody, the cool thing about shortwave is if you have a receiver, you can pick it up from anywhere in the world. Um, you just need a license to send the signals. Uh, but anybody that buys one, you can just go out and you know scan it and see what comes up. Um, and the reason it's so cool is because, um, so kind of a background so how radio works is like so let's say the radio station here in fort wayne indiana is 98.9 the bear so 98.9 fm that is you're you're you're, i'm losing you already Um, you're losing me to continue to explain how radio i guess i don't know so i should probably listen it's kind of interesting um so 98.9 means 98.9 million cycles per second um so when you think of like um yeah, when you think of like uh, f- frequencies, so humans can hear 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. Uh, and I'm about to play you a 6,000 hertz signal. So this is what 6,000 hertz sounds like. Okay. You can Not hear that? <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan either. But it it's a good, uh, I just bring it up because, so if you imagine that's what 6,000 hertz sound like, radio stations operate on 98 million or around 100 million hertz. So if you basically just take that frequency and bump it up by 
90,000 or yeah, 90 million, that is a, you're essentially sending out a signal for that other people can grab onto and receive. Um, so shortwave radio operates on the th- around the 30 million cycles. So it's way less than, uh, you know, FM stations. But the cool thing about it is since it's on that 30 megahertz range, um, it's the waves uh, of those uh, stations are basically refracted off of electrically charged atoms in the atmosphere. So basically, <laughs> the atmosphere itself is acting as a booster. So you can send these signals to anywhere in the whole world. Like, you know, once you start driving and you get about an hour away from your house, your radio cuts out and you can't hear it anymore. Short wave, like, uses the literal atmosphere, they call it the ionosphere, to b- boost those signals so you can pick it up anywhere in the world. <laughs> Mitch, even if I did do research for this, it would not even have, it would have paled in comparison to what has just happened. Um, I am extremely impressed. I have, I have one question though. I want to hop in real quick. Yeah, please do. Hop in at any time. The level of the frequency. So the, the cycling of the Hertz, the higher it is, what does that do? Does, apparently it doesn't increase distance. Does it increase quality? Um, no, not necessarily. I, yeah, that's a good question. I don't think I really have a good answer to. Because um, what's what's weird is that I, I guess I thought if you up the, the frequency, it would it would travel longer distance. But you're right, is that your radio stations that you have programmed at home cut out after a while and it's like a whole different set, like a state over mm-hmm. um, for what they're doing. So, But what's interesting is is that whole thing you just said is that shortwave radios just basically use the atmosphere to let you listen to it anywhere in the world, but it'd only be, you know, uh, 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 moved by uh, fucking radio waves. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I don't think I have a good answer to that. I don't really understand that's fine that I just I mean you I have a much better understanding <laughs> of radios than I ever have I do want to hop in and say though real quick is that my hometown in Ohio did host the international ham convention <laughs> ham radio convention one year oh my god and I laughed my ass off because everybody was like you know the ham convention's coming ham convention's coming and like it was like the end times and i'm like what the fuck and then i literally was late to work because my town shut down oh my god for they were booked out cities away to come to this fucking ham convention radio or That's ham radio insane. convention jesus yeah, ham yeah, radio it's people huge, are so man. People weird. love ham radio. <laughs> they do, and I don't really understand why. But um, but I I I I, I can kind of see it if it's based on anything like the shortwave radio that I'm about to talk about. I very much want, after I did the research, I want to buy a shortwave radio. Um, so anyway, oh God. moving on. <laughs> so moving on. So now that you have a basic understanding of what the shortwave radio stations are, um, around the 60s, people started hearing really strange things on the shortwave uh, stations, um, mostly consisting of a pattern of musical tones followed by a female synthesized voice just saying a 
big long list of random numbers um and for a very long time people were like what the fuck is this because it sounds super creepy um yeah that's a fetish i have actually that's really strange (laughs) just female voice saying like numbers females reading numbers (laughs) dude uh so i'm gonna play you a little bit of (laughs) the uh the most famous one is called the lincolnshire poacher um i don't really know why but um (laughs) dope ass band name dude right lincolnshire poacher that's a sick band name uh so here is a little snippet of what the lincolnshire poster sounded like poacher sounded like so you can get a better idea of what i'm talking about Okay, you get the idea. So you're jamming over there. I love it. I know it's a banger. Imagine just turning on the radio and hearing that. <laughs> I mean, it kind of had a rhythm to it. All it needed was just like a. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two, nine, seven, one. Let's go. Four. We, we should make some lo fi hip hop based off of these number stations. <laughs> some fucking number stations. Oh, right. God. Yeah, no, I'd probably bang it. Yeah, right? (laughs) Okay, so basically, um, people started believing that the number stations were being used um, as codes uh, to send to spies across the world. Since shortwave can um, be sent anywhere in the world, it's pretty much the number one way of communication back in the 1960s or whatever. Um, And it's super secure because you had no idea, you you had no way of tracking who was sending it. Um, And as long as the... uh, receiver of the message had the the code to to basically crack that code they would be able to under you know translate those random numbers to a message so um so yeah they 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 were basically being used to send to spies um and it was a musical tone at the beginning um which was code for hey we're about to send out the message listen up grab a pen so that's why a lot of these started off with like a weird kind of creepy like little little ditty there (laughs) yeah it's very like a like a monotonal thing yeah you know it like continue on though Okay, so yeah, no, that 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 was basically that. Uh, there is another one called the Swedish Rhapsody, which I think is awesome. The number one comment here is this is so much better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so here's uh, here's the Swedish Rhapsody. Oh, 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 oh. 
Don't like it in another language. <laughs> so that one Don't is incredibly like it in another creepy. Language. Uh, I hate that one because it sounds like a kid too, which is like way creepier. Just like a dude, kid whispering, like, <laughs> like dude, uh. dark room. You walk in it. That's playing at full blast. Yeah, I'm fucking running out of that room. That's <laughs> Dude, terrifying. I'm, oh, uh, that just that silly. Uh, yeah, right. So um, the other the other kind of cool thing is like they believed that um, around the Cold War, this was being uh, yeah used to send messages to spies who had a code. They they called it a OTP, a one time pad, which was basically they would like mail this um, you know spy a letter, and they would mail the by a letter um, and then sometimes they would hide the the cipher for you know what this is supposed to be they would like hide it on the back of the stamp they would write it on the back of the stamp like okay if you hear five that's code for w or whatever um, and then they would they would hide it in really inconspicuous places or sometimes they would like r- write it write the code on rice paper and then send it to the spy so then the spy would get the cipher and then literally like eat the cipher so no one else could find it just insanely awesome stuff like that so my my only question so far is who thinks these things who who so because from my understanding is what would happen is people would be driving down the road and they would be fucking with a radio and from my understanding this would happen fairly close to military bases or what have you sure and they would be fucking with a radio then all of a sudden then that would happen then. Ick, line, Nick, <laughs> right. fine. And, and they would, and so my question is, is it those people that were like, oh, it's a spy code or like, that's well, my question right now. No, there, and, uh, and I should have done more research to try to find actual facts, but basically there are like, there are countries that have admitted to using like the the shortwave radios to send signals they didn't necessarily say that these you know things we're hearing right now were like code or anything but one can assume that if you know countries have come out and said that yes we use shortwave radio to send messages to other places and these weird random codes come up and that mean bullshit to everybody who hears it you can kind of assume one plus one equals two like like, there's obviously a reason someone is sending these, and it's whoever has the code can actually break it. Okay. Okay. I could follow that, yeah, because, okay. I mean, what else would it be? Exactly, yeah. But some kind of cryptic thing. Yeah. So this next one is kind of crazy. Um, so not all of them were the, the numbers pattern. Um, some of them, so this one, this next one I'm about to play you, uh, was discovered in 2004. That's the crazy part. They were still doing this up until very recently. Um, so this one was found on a radio in 2004. Um, and this one, they actually kind of like found out where it was being transmitted from. And it was a like random desert in New Mexico. Um and this one is a little crazy because I don't necessarily believe this because everybody's like, oh, is they were sending this in the deserts of New Mexico, kind of like Roswell. It must be some sort of alien message, like, right? Which is where they lose me, but it's still kind of cool. Um, this one is called the mysterious Yosemite Sam radio transmission, and you'll find out why. Okay. <laughs> Is it reversed? Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> what'd you say is it reversed no um so it's it's kind of hard to understand but basically it's yosemite sam saying varmint i'm gonna blow you to smithereens <laughs> has anybody played it backwards oh no we should do that <laughs> fuck dude I'm kind of in. (laughs) Yeah. I was really skeptical, but now I'm kind of in. (laughs) Yeah, just that sounds so crazy. And the cool part about that is so that that ran basically on a loop for three months straight. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) So here's, right now... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play our audience. I'm gonna play the people listening to this episode. Sure, sure. Right now. As a little bit of the outsider, I guess, like, what I'm wondering is somebody has to broadcast this. Mm-hmm. So and, I guess, yeah, the crazy part is, so you need a license to broadcast it, which can only mean that it had to have been some sort of the government that was broadcasting it in the first place, or else however, how otherwise would you be able to get a license? And if you didn't have a license, they would shut you down and not play it on a loop for three months. <laughs> Right. So I guess I, I guess that's the most interesting aspect of this to me is less like the the cloak and dagger spy part of it all. But somebody is broadcasting this intentionally. Mm-hmm. So somebody's taking Yosemite Sam and 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 looping him for three months straight. Now, 2004, that's where I kind of get to be a little bit like, well, this could easily just be a troll. Yeah. But everything before the modern era of the Internet would really make me wonder why were they doing this so my biggest question i guess as the outsider is like why because somebody would have to sit down and broadcast that and while now in the modern era of technology and the internet we understand that trolls are definitely a thing yeah literally entire i guess like internet scavenger hunts are created just to either waste people's times or prove a point or what have you um, but back then that didn't really happen that way. I don't feel it yeah. wasn't the same kind of interconnectedness that we have now. So I'm, I am really asking the question right now. Why? Like, why, why were people broadcasting this? What was the point? They had to sit down. They had to do the number. What were they doing? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's a good question. And kind of one of the reasons it is so, um, you know, damning evidence, because if you think about the time in the 60s, like you said, people didn't have a let's troll people and waste people's time for fun mindset. I mean, no. I'm sure yeah, I mean, people had a sense of humor back then, obviously, but not, you know, as weird as we do now. So back yeah. then it was just like you never would have even considered like, oh, yeah, somebody's trying to mess with us. It, it was basically just like, oh, yeah, this is there's something going on and it's weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I I would totally agree. Yeah, no, I that that's that's my biggest way my biggest takeaway right now is like the more modern it gets, the little bit more skeptical I get of its yeah. like legitimacy, but anything that predates that and and I, me and Mitch talked a little bit beforehand is that I um I knew what the number stations were. I didn't do any research because honestly the topic just I I just felt like it was kind of laughable. <laughs> yeah. But that made me want to hear what Mitch had to say, because I was like, well, if I do this, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take it very seriously. So let me, let me see what Mitch has to say, and he'll illuminate some details, which he has. Um, So now at this point, really my biggest takeaway is, yeah, why? Why were, what, yeah, what was the goal? The spy thing, I get, but I'm a little bit skeptical of that. I mean, espionage is definitely a thing. 
but even still, I, I don't know. I have, I do have a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense, especially back in the days of the Cold War when there wasn't like any sort of modern technology, and you needed to. And uh, yeah, obviously, espionage was at its height in the Cold War. Um, so if you needed to send a message to someone like an American living in Russia at the time, and you know you didn't have secure ways of doing it, like mailing something wasn't very secure. Um, you shortwave radio is probably one of the most secure ways to send a message because um, again, you can't track where it's coming from, so you send it over the radio. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're not you're definitely not wrong there because yeah, the Cold War was a very, very, very strange time in America. Mm-hmm. Um, very much paranoia. Um, the you know being blacklisted for associating yourself with communists i mean arthur miller wrote the crucibles centered around that Mm -hmm. um a very very strange time in america history paranoia was paramount so Mm -hmm. i guess i could i could i could really especially uh with like you know even covid19 that we've dealt with and in the modern age of of basically everyone's greatest fear in the modern age um of of putting myself in the shoes of someone um back then during the cold war of having my suspicions loving my country and being really skeptical and scared of the russians and of communism and that of driving down the road and then me hearing one of these pop yeah. up on my radio like yeah, that would probably terrify me because yeah, also exactly. like nukes, like that was a thing was right. was was essentially nuclear warfare. Um, Doctor Strangelove, very you know popular film, kind of parodying the whole you know black and white cloak and dacker backroom, you know warhead launch device thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what the Cold War was, was everyone having, you know, armaments that could destroy nations. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting spin on it because the Cold War was a very confusing, weird time for 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 the world in general. Mm-hmm. So these number stations being predominant, I would be interested. I would be interested to see a graph that lined up the prominence of number stations and the intensity of the Cold War. Yeah, yeah. So you've hooked me. So I've been really hooked in because a lot of some of my favorite things center around this paranoia created by the Cold War. Right. So Arthur Miller doing The Crucible um, is one of my favorite plays. Actually, one of my favorite films. Um, Really, really interested in that. Um, Also, The Watchmen, heavily, heavily inspired by the Cold War and the paranoia because of it and the mm-hmm. distrust of the government, um, the, pay of, the, the Bay of Pigs, mm-hmm. a wonderful example of that, um, that sort of turned the American people on to the <laughs> lapse in government competency. So I'm a little bit in because that there's a reason those things are so... Um, it's like a weird it's like a weird memory for america mm-hmm. it's a very dark thing that i 
I don't think gets talked about a lot because it wasn't a war in the traditional sense. It was this whole new war that was exercised in the in this just feel I mean like I couldn't even imagine of dealing with that. I mean I think in the modern age we have dealt with that somewhat, mm-hmm. but we have the UN and we have I, I don't know what the UN was then, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like now we have diplomatic relations with pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, or we just occupy them, I guess. So my point being is like it's a very it's a very different thing from then. And I don't know, presidents were getting shot on live TV. Like, I don't know, that time was so crazy. Yeah. So I could really see where I would really question if I knew about it then. And even now, though, I do go back and really question it then because the government was doing whatever it it took, Mm -hmm. which is a premise of like the Watchmen with Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan was turned into a, a, a weapon. Yeah, right. To beat communist yeah and i think one of the reasons it's so interesting to me is because obviously we're listening to this in the context of our 2020 um you know mindset where we have been given reasons to distrust our own government um you know like you mentioned like the bay of pigs and everything and like people have been apprehensive but back in the day like i don't like around the cold war and but prior to that um i think people were more trusting of their own government because they they had reason to believe they were looking out for their own priorities but now we're like "Eh, i don't know there are a lot of mysteries out there like the whole roswell thing like what are they hiding and you know there's obviously some something that they're not sharing with us um and maybe for good reason maybe for not but i don't know a single person that you know I've met that's like oh yeah I completely you know the government has my best interest in mind and uh I that that just doesn't happen anymore no agreed and I think that like that's where that's where Arthur Miller's the crucible really comes into account for me because that's when they were rousing and I hope what I'm I I I do want to just point out when I'm saying like you know, versus communism or against communism. I by no means think communism is bad. Well, maybe communism, maybe not socialism. But I guess my whole point was that was the attitude in America. Um, Even now, like, I mean, we, like, I make joke, like, you fucking commie, you know, (laughs) because it's this really weird, enrooted thing of Americans to distrust communists. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Um, But yeah, like, the the Crucible is about that. It's set in during the Salem witch hunt trials because that's what was going on in America with McCarthy and him going out and basically grabbing someone and being like, you know, like a celebrity or whatever and being like, you have communist friends, you have communist ties, you know, and, and basically sending, sentencing them to no longer have a career. Like they're blacklisted from Hollywood, from the U S government. Like they can't work in America because of their their communist connections Mm -hmm. but that's all it took is like you you know you have a friend that's a that's a jew and like it was that kind of thing like and as a jew they this and that and it was like all these crazily drawn lines to you know exile americans who just had ties it was basically if you were like it, it was that if you were like an Italian American and you had ties to Italy, um, 
who I think, you know, you know, Mussolini, you know, <laughs> fucking El Duce and yeah. you'd be exiled. So it was just this really crazy time in America. So yeah, these number stations really baffle me because it's like, I mean, I don't think we'll ever really be able to theorize what was going on, but we could definitely say that I would, I'm so much more able to believe that during that time in America that we were doing weird shit because we were right. Um, in the more modern age, I, I'm a little bit more skeptical of it. And even back then, I don't even think it here. Here's my theory on number stations. I'm going to wrap this all up for myself. Bring it on. My theory of number stations is that there probably was like some intent to it. Some reason that we were doing it, but I don't think it's sinister. And yeah. I don't think it's that grand. Yeah. Um, because at the time we were, de- at, at that time, the, the modern world was so explosive and teetering on the brink of extinction mm-hmm. that I think our government was doing experiments all the time. Yeah, right. I, I think all the military funding went into finding whatever way we could beat the the Rowskis. <laughs> yeah. And, so I think we were just doing weird shit, and I think that could be like, what if we fucking played numbers at Russian satellites? <laughs> Do you think that would blow them up? Right, right. And, and I think that's the kind of thing that was happening. So I don't think there's really any big thing about them. I think it's just this thing that the American people caught on to, mm-hmm. and we kind of latch on to it because it's clearly there, and it really yeah. makes us question our government. And I think yeah. that's why it's so interesting and intriguing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that something was definitely going on. I think that they were being used to send messages to not necessarily spies, but American citizens living in you know the USSR at the time. But I don't think it was sinister because at the the height of this was the Cold War, and everybody was on you know pins and needles. Like oh, we, in the back of their mind, they're like oh my, at any moment the USSR might just blow up the whole world. And so everybody, I, I think that people heard this and were like oh my God, they're sending codes. They're gonna blow us up. This is this is it. But when and it could be just as innocent as like, oh, if you're in uh, uh, if you're in Bangladesh, you got to go to this place and get the lock keys, man. They're great. Um, it could just be because like, <laughs> that's how so, ham radio people are. Yeah. Ham radio are these fucking radio nerds who are just like on there. So I can see shortwave people being the same fucking thing of just being like, hey, I'm going to broadcast that uh, that longitude latitude of that really good <laughs> restaurant we went to. Yeah, right, right. You know, um, I, and I could easily see that being a thing. And then people were like, oh, it's the fucking commies. <laughs> right. The Red Scare. Uh, yeah, exactly. I have one more thing I want to talk about, um, and then we'll wrap it up. But this one is kind of a weird one. So I have to preface this one by saying, like, okay, the, the argument like about uh, um, you know number stations is kind of over. This is something that's just kind of related to that, that's kind of fun to talk about. Um, although, you know, looking back on it, it's... There's there's an explanation for it, so I'll get into that later. That I don't know if that helped at all, but here we go. Um, so you all mentioned right. um, the modern era not you know needing to do that anymore because we have things like the internet and you can get fairly secure with it, especially if you're in the CIA. I'm sure that they communicate on secure uh, you know lines all the time. But one crazy thing that popped up that I, I wanted to tell you about because I think you'll be super interested. Um, on March 7th, 2013, uh, a YouTube channel called WebDriver Torso was created. Have you heard about WebDriver Torso? 
Keep going. I may. Okay. So, um, uh, so fast forward six months to September four. Or yeah, September twenty third, twenty thirteen. Um, they uploaded their first video. Um, it's a video called Aqua. I'm going to play you this video. Okay. Don't like it. <laughs> so that, for uh, to describe to our listeners, um, that was an 11-second video. Uh, okay, so essentially what it was was uh, a series of weird tones uh, coincided with red and blue flashing squares that means nothing. Um, so the crazy part about this is why we're talking about it is um, since that date on September 23rd, 2013, um, that YouTube channel, WebDriver Torso, has uploaded 624,774 videos of that exact thing we just saw. Um, different patterns, different tones, but there are 600,000 of those videos. Um, and if you average that out, that is one video every four minutes for the last seven years. Which is mind-boggling. That that YouTube channel has been uploading things every four minutes for seven years, and it's just nonsense like that. They're all the, it's all the same kind of idea, like red and blue squares popping up randomly, um, different tones, um, and so people started like catching on to this. This channel has. Uh, they have like hundreds of thousands of subscribers that just pop up just to see what's going on. Um, but yeah, the crazy part about it is for years, no one knew what it was. Like no one had any idea. They, they were trying to track down like, what does this mean? Is it, it's such nonsense. And how can you, there obviously had to have been some sort of like <coughs> algorithm that is uploading these YouTube videos because there's no possible way somebody can make that much content, not even Jake Paul. Uh, <laughs> um, so that was the crazy part. And for years, for six years, nobody knew like what it was. It was just this kind of like conundrum on the internet. There's thousands of like Reddit posts about it, people trying to, uh, you know, guess what it is. And uh, for a while there, it was it was believed that that was a modern day kind of number station. Like they're somehow sending messages to the, you know, they'll upload this video, send a link to somebody, and they'll somehow they have a code for that, and it means something. Um, I don't know. So the, there was a very long time where they thought it was uh, modern day number stations, um, until. Oh, the other crazy part is there are only three videos on their whole 600,000 YouTube channel that aren't that same pattern, and the three videos are as followed. The first one is just a video of the Eiffel Tower. The second video is <laughs> so weird. It's a, it's a full episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> In French, <laughs> and it's hidden behind a paywall where you have to go and put in like your credit card information, but it only works if you have like a French bank account. So French people are the only people that can watch this because they have to put in their bank account, and once they put it in, it's an it's a video of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which I don't understand why. Kind of another weird part to that is I you, I mentioned earlier the video I showed you is called Aqua, and a lot of these are. Um, 
The third video is the funniest. Um, so it's very much the same pattern of the red and blue squares popping up, uh, except halfway through, the red square morphs into this like gif of Rick Astley dancing. Hmm. Like from the Never Gonna mm-hmm. Give You Up music video. So at this point, people were like, okay, this is definitely just somebody trolling us, somebody like messing with us. Um, and then somebody did some real fucking hardcore uh, uh, digging and found out that this YouTube channel, WebDriver Torso, uh, was actually owned by Google. Um, and so people like were, you know, they, they finally had a really solid lead. They're like, okay, Google owns this. They know what's going on. So they like messaged Google and they were tweeting at them. And finally in 2019, um, Google finally like put out a statement about what it is. Um, and the, their statement that they released, they said, we're never going to give you uploading that. Sl- uh, oh, sorry, let me take it again. We're never going to give you uploading that's slow or loses quality. We're never going to let you down by playing YouTube in poor video quality. That's why we're always running tests like WebDriver Torso. So basically, the purpose of this whole YouTube channel is Google's official statement is they are testing the upload quality of their own YouTube um, website by like they'll upload these videos and then play them back and then compare them to the original files to see if anything was like lost, you know, video or audio quality quality was lost. Um, So basically, that's kind of like their explanation. And to me, that makes a lot of sense. But um, there are still to this day people out there that are like nope google's lying to us it's definitely number stations like and the only thing i could say to that is like why would they have the video of the aqua teen hunger force that just baffles me like if they're doing video why would they go out of their way to yeah i i don't know part of it doesn't make sense like the aqua teen hunger force and i get i get like the rick astley thing like they're definitely they found out that people were so convinced that this was this so they're yeah. playing along and they're like yeah. trolling people that, by this that point. is very much so. the beatles paul mccartney being dead the whole time kind of a thing they just <laughs> you got to just lean into yeah. it they are subscribed to jacksepticeye though the the well who is that web driver torso they su- Oh, oh, who's Jap? Yeah, who's Jack Septic? A really famous let's player. Yeah. He has twenty four point two million subscribers. Wow. Um, okay. So, <laughs> dude, I'm a little bit skeptical too because, like, I see that if you, I went to the YouTube page and I'm looking through all these videos, and they're all almost always ten seconds or a minute forty. And I mean, I'm scrolling down and they are all there. My only thing is that I walk, I watch enough tech channels that like, this is not how you would test an upload. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like this, that doesn't really colors. Like if you're uploading things, <laughs> you're uploading them in a, I mean, we could stream at 4k now. We could watch a YouTube video in yeah, 4K, right. so this is pretty antiquated, even if even in the old days of them doing this, because this was just three years ago. Yeah, and the most recent video was uploaded seven months ago, so it's very, oh like, they were God, still doing this. I'm so in on this. <laughs> this. 
Right. I knew this, I knew this, this one kind of gets me a little bit because there's a couple <laughs> like these, but this is so consistent that it really just has me baffled. I find this all very intriguing. And I really don't I, I guess like I am. I'm a sucker for a good mystery. So in regards to just number stations in general, like we kind of talked about, I think it was definitely there. I don't think there was really anything that grandiose. Um because I just think it was our government experimenting in one of the craziest times in the world's history. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the modern stuff freaks me out more because really? it's hard. Well, like the YouTube channel. So that one I found more compelling because it made less sense. It yeah. makes less sense now. <laughs> So it just makes me question more of like, that doesn't seem like a good answer. And I mean, I understand that like Google and YouTube are like kind of together now, but they weren't always. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is a good point because yeah, Google bought out YouTube, right? But this was way before that happened. Yeah. These videos started in 2013 and Google bought out YouTube after that. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have um, a lot more questions about oh, that. Oh shit! Never mind. Yeah, in 2006, <laughs> Google bought YouTube for 1.65 billion dollars. So uh, I was wrong. But this isn't. This cannot be a test of up upload. It cannot <laughs> be that. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. That that explanation doesn't really make a lot of sense to me either. But that's it, their official stance. It, it like it makes sense if I feel like if you don't think about it. But this is three colors. I I don't buy. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, that's the that's another <laughs> thing they mentioned about um, the, the if you look at like the Reddit threads and people like kind of like arguing that the fact that it is what it, what Google says it is is the the part that doesn't make sense to me is why is there this theme of like you know these french people like the colors in the video are red white and blue color of the french flag also color of the american flag oh, but yeah. also one of the only videos is of the eiffel tower um that's not this. And then the other video is an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force dubbed in French. So there's some sort of like French motivation behind this. And now if I, I don't know what that means. It could be that the programmer who did this is from France and he's just doing an homage to his home country. Could be. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Well, like always. <laughs> On two friends, three questions, and knuckleballs, we always get very interested in mysteries and unexplained things. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, we're super intrigued by this. I want, I want to continue doing video or uh, videos, doing podcasts like this where we go back and tackle some of these great mysteries because unknowns. Yeah. Yeah, I do love it. I this one is I would love for anybody who has any insight into any of this to please let us know any additional information. Oh yeah. <laughs> because DB Cooper I felt pretty confident about and I really think that my theory is what happened. I can't even formulate I, think so too. I can't even formulate an actual theory on this one. This one really has right. me in the dark. Yeah, it's insane, man. So. <laughs> All right. Well, That'll wrap it up for now. Uh, clearly, we're not going to solve it in the next 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately. So, we will move on. Mitch, let's wrap this episode up. Lately, what have you been cranking? I have been cranking, and... 
these I fucking kinda... videos. <laughs> That's true. So I have been cranking, and I'm kind of intrigued to hear yours because I was thinking we might have the same answer for once. Um, can we can we say it at the same time? Oh, buddy. write it down? I'm a little ill-prepared on this one because I've been listening to a lot of shit lately. Oh, okay. Then never mind then. I thought I thought we were going to both have one. That I we tell were... you what. If you say yours, and it is one that I have been cranking fairly consistently, I will, I'll hop in right away. Okay. That sounds good. Um, good enough for me. Um, so the reason I thought that you might have been all over it is because it's a band we've talked about before and both really like um, that just put out a new album uh, a week or so ago. Um, and it's very topical right now. Uh, and the album, I'm sure you know by now I'm talking about is RTJ4 by Run the Jewels. Yes. So I have been listening. I haven't listened to the new album yet is the only oh, caveat to really? that. But I've been going back and listening to their older shit. That I love, yeah. so I've just been kind of backtracking until I can sit down and listen to the whole thing. But yes, I've definitely been running. I have definitely been listening to Run the Jewels. That's awesome. It's yeah, you definitely need to listen to this. It is so good. Um, what blows me away about it is there's there's eleven songs on this album, and it's only thirty nine minutes long. It's mm. thirty nine minutes of just pure anger and i love killer mike he's such a fantastic uh person just super knowledgeable um if you haven't like watched killer mike's uh speech he did for the atlanta police department definitely go watch that that's fantastic yeah i haven't seen um, that yeah he's such he's so well spoken um and that definitely carries over to like their lyrics of rtj4 and i i was actually really curious i need to do more homework like was this an album that they were always kind of preparing and then decided to release it like around the hype of George Floyd's death? Because it's very much about that. No, I uh, Run the Jewels kind of has done. I think RTJ3, that was a surprise album drop. It was literally like yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing. Boom album. Um, so I think what RT, I think what RTJ is, is really good at doing is that they will they will sit on something and wait. And then drop it so my yeah. thought is they probably had this album done maybe wanted to do a few more things kind of waiting like okay how do we release this thing and then george floor uh george floyd sorry i have so much trouble saying that name yeah. george floyd was murdered and they're probably like you know what this is a lot of shit that we talked about this was it this is time mm-hmm. throw it out and i think and i think they even waited a little bit for black lives matter to 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 kind of go out and do what they were going to do they saw the protests they saw the the lines that were being drawn and they probably said you know what this is what this album has in it now is when we need to put it out because because i do think that there is a social i don't think that's how rtj started I don't think that was the point from the get-go. Actually, it was pretty much a side project for both Killer Mike and LP. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, well, probably mainly because of Killer Mike, because he is a very, very... His political views, while I really, really respect, are, are, are incredibly counter the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, now they've they've kind of become a voice for a lot of this thing. Yeah, they definitely are. When I was listening to it, my, my pretty much the thoughts that I formulated was like this 
album is the soundtrack of the revolution um is what i thought about it which is very high praise definitely listen to it um because they have so many like kind of groundbreaking ideas and they're not afraid to say some of the things that really need to be said um and the cool thing about this album is like they have a couple uh songs that have like featured artists on them and one of the songs has a uh, zach de la rocha on it i was literally which is gonna, awesome yeah i was gonna <laughs> talk about that because one of their on rtj3 they had close your eyes and count to fuck which is still one of my favorite like songs about whatever is going on and um it's cool they brought him back on this one too because i really people give rage against the machine a lot of shit i don't think people take them seriously and i understand they were kind of popular but like they still protested and they still like had a purpose behind what the fuck they were doing Right. Like it's still Rage Against the Machine, man. Like, I, I don't know. I I really respect Rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, they're doing great things for. Yeah, I like bands that you know are well educated enough to speak, you speak uh, proficiently about politics in their songs, and not just for the sake of talking about it. For the you know, for for the the, the desire to bring about change and that's what I love about Run the Jewels and Rage Against the Machine um, one of the songs has Josh Homme on it which is cool um, but yeah it's just a fantastic album well slightly less cool yeah I you don't like Josh Homme no I like Josh Homme I just feel like he probably showed up just like doing coke and it was like <laughs> what we talking right. about alright cool yeah you know? he's yeah I will tell you he's no, not as groundbreaking as I just think that's what he did. Yeah, pretty much. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like Josh Hobby. All right, guys. That was our episode about numbers. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Big fans. We love them. Um, it tells us just how to fuck. You know what I mean? The six and the nine. Right there. What the fuck? You need to run these things by me, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Thank you guys for hopping in on no. this. Um, we will wrap this one up. We will see you guys in the dugout. Oh, yeah. Yeah.